Before we look at the situation we just read about where Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees and Herodians, I want to consider the warning from Proverbs 24, verses 17 and 18. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Now the warning in this proverb is to be careful not to rejoice when uh, an enemy stumbles or falls. The Hebrew word that's translated as rejoice in this proverb means to experience joy, satisfaction, gratification, or delight when an enemy stumbles or falls. And and given the context, the, the, the warning here is against gloating over your enemy's misfortune. It's that perverse sense of enjoyment that you feel when something bad happens to the person you dislike. This proverb is warning, don't let your heart rejoice in that. Uh, Yes, he might be getting what was rightfully coming to him, but if your heart is finding pleasure in his misery and your soul is satisfied because he is suffering, then know that the Lord is displeased with you. You are sinning in your heart. Now somebody will ask, doesn't the Bible teach us to celebrate God's righteousness and his justice when it's upheld? Uh, Didn't Miriam rejoice when Pharaoh and his soldiers were drowned in the Red Sea? And doesn't the psalmist rejoice in Psalm 136 over the defeat of Sihon and Og? So why can't we rejoice when we see our enemies stumble and fall? Miriam was rejoicing in God. She wasn't rejoicing in the Egyptians' demise. She was rejoicing in the Lord's display of glory. Uh, She went out with a timbrel in her hand and began to dance, saying, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. And the same goes for the Lord striking down Sihon and Og. Psalm 136 is teaching us to rejoice in the mercy of God, that he did not give us what we deserve. The Lord gave Sion uh, what he deserved. The Lord gave Og what he deserved. But God does not give us what we deserve. And so we rejoice in the mercy of God. That's what Psalm 136 is talking about. So here's the difference. Righteous rejoicing is always celebrating the holy character of God. Uh, It's celebrating his glory or his mercy or some other attribute of God. Sinful rejoicing celebrates the hardship that has come upon our enemy. That's the, uh, there's there's an element of vengeance associated with sinful rejoicing. Uh, And there's an element of sadistic pleasure associated with sinful rejoicing. Our sinful hearts find satisfaction in knowing that that other person is suffering. So coming back to our reading of God's law from Mark 12, we see this sinful form of rejoicing taking, being taken to the next level. The Pharisees and Herodians were not just waiting for the moment where Jesus would stumble and they can rejoice in his fall. They were actively trying to cause him to stumble so that they could then rejoice in his fall. They were orchestrating his fall. 
Look at verse 13. Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and Herodians to catch him in his words. What was their purpose? To catch him in his words. The parallel passage in Matthew 25, 15 says, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And uh, the, another parallel passage in Luke 20, 20 says, So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous that they might seize on his, might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. This was a deliberate plot to make Jesus fall. There was such envy and hatred in the Pharisees and Herodians' hearts that they were intentionally setting Jesus up to fall so that their sinfully sadistic hearts could rejoice in his fall. Now, dear friends, we are quite capable of the very same sin. We can do the exact same thing with each other. You may not be setting people up to stumble so that you can deliver them to the power and authority of the governor, but how often do you set people up to fail in little ways? A mother says to her son, you and your sister need to make your beds and clean up your rooms. So the boy uh, goes to his sister and says, mom said you need to make your bed. But because he envies his sister, uh, he sets her up for failure by withholding the part of their mother's instruction about cleaning up her room. So when the mother walks by and sees toys and clothes on the floor of the sister's room, she says, I told you to clean up your room. All, all you did is make your bed, but you need to clean up your room. And the boy rejoices in his heart. A store manager dislikes an employee not because of performance issues, but because of personal issues. But he can't find a good reason to terminate that employee. So the manager assigns tasks to the employee, but doesn't give them the necessary resources to be successful in those tasks. And when the employee fails, the, the manager terminates him and rejoices sinfully in his heart. A wife is jealous of her husband that her husband finds such satisfaction in his work. She knows that he's working on an important project with a tight deadline, so she intentionally creates distractions in their home, knowing that it, it'll interfere with his work, and then she rejoices in her heart when he fails to meet those deadlines. A mother-in-law is dissatisfied with her daughter-in-law's parenting model. So, when the grandchildren come over to the mother-in-law's house, she deliberately encourages them to defy their mother's instruction. And when they do, the mother-in-law tosses out little verbal jabs to the daughter-in-law. Oh, do you think uh, the parenting model you have might be too lenient? And then the mother-in-law gloats in her heart that her daughter-in-law is frustrated. These are just a few examples of how you and I might sinfully set people up to stumble and fall. And then we rejoice in our hearts when they do. And that, dear friends, is the wicked evil that it is a wicked evil that must be repented of. Uh, we need to put off envy. 
We need to put off jealousy. We need to put off hatred and whatever other sinful attitudes uh, would drive that type of uh, setting people up to fail. And we need to put on love. We need to put on joy. We need to put on peace. We need to put on long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. So that, brothers and sisters, becomes our way to show our obedience and gratitude to the Lord to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ and to live the life which is pleasing to our God. And where the Holy Spirit is born witness to you of your sin, whether that's the sin of rejoicing in the fall of your enemy or setting your enemy up or setting other people up uh, to fall, to stumble, so you can rejoice in that, remember that God pardons and forgives all who truly repent while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And because repentance includes confession, we confess our sins to God. 